Lord, we just thank you tonight. Thank you for everything you're about to do. I just ask, Holy Spirit, that you illuminate our hearts, our minds, that we receive from you tonight something of eternal value. That when we walk out of this place, Lord, it doesn't fade off or fade away, but it stays and it sticks in our hearts and nothing would ever, ever pull that from us. We just come against the enemy who comes to want to rob and steal and destroy. And I ask, Lord, by the authority that you've given to me as a child and a son of God, that you break that power over our lives tonight from that enemy stealing anything that's released tonight. And we just thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. There's a verse that's stuck in my heart for a few weeks now, and it was about the grace of God. And John 1.16 says this. I shared this a couple weeks ago on Tuesday, but it says, And of his fullness... We have received grace for grace. I just want to talk about grace for a moment because really grace, God wants to release the fullness of who he is on your life, the fullness of the kingdom on your life. Everything that is in heaven is for you. We just sang a song, No More Separation. I don't want to be separated. And I know in these days that the Lord is putting a thin, thin veil between heaven and earth and what we think is reality and what's the reality of heaven. And so the grace here that John is speaking of says this, that of all his fullness, we have received. Have you received all his fullness? And that's the question I'm going to ask you tonight. Have you received all his fullness? And, and the question you might say is probably not. But biblically and scripturally, yes, you've received everything. And what's the key to this? The key is grace. And this is it. You know, a lot of us look at this grace as it's the ability that, or, or the, the thing that's bestowed upon us that, come on, releases us from sin. Come on, there's a grace that when we mess up, we get back up, Right? that unmerited favor that we have. But unmerited favor is not a good uh, definition or it's not a good depiction of what grace is. Here's what grace is. Grace is God's empowerment. It's a supernatural empowerment to do and to be everything that God has called you to be, right? There's a grace, there's a supernatural power on your life. See, we have saving grace. We receive grace when we're saved, right? It gives us salvation. We receive grace to enter the most holy place, right? It's access. But we receive a, a grace, a supernatural grace, a supernatural empowerment to walk in truth and in light and to live in the, in the spirit. That God wants you to live by the spirit of God. That the fullness of who he is would be active and moving in your life. And that nothing, come on, it's not by your own, this is what Paul said, because of all of his weakness, because of what he was not, that the grace of God gave him the ability to do all the things that he did. And so that same grace that was on Paul the Apostle, that was on Peter the Apostle, the cloud of glory that traveled with Peter is on you. When he went down the streets and the sick were healed because of the cloud, that same grace is on your life. Why isn't it moving and why isn't it activated? 
because we're not entering the fullness of grace. It's the grace for grace. It's this double portion of grace that God wants to put on your life. And so I just wanted to share a few things because two, a couple weeks ago, I had such a profound encounter in here. On Tuesday, prayer, I don't know, whatever it was, we just, I don't know why. It's weird because when we came back to prayer, when we first started the prayer, way back when we were, you know, it was just Chris and a few people, same thing, 10 people. I mean, I got so whacked over in this corner by myself, minding my own business. And I'm telling you that God is putting a grace on what he wants to release. And it's not just because I felt something. You understand what I'm saying? But I sensed this holy presence. I felt like I was in a, a glory cloud of my own that the Lord just custom made for me, that I had this grace upon me, that things were about to shift and change and move. And not for my sake, come on, this isn't all, it's not going to be all about me. It's going to be about what happens here, what happens in the region, what we're believing God to do and bring us into. And I feel like this, this, when the Holy Spirit came on me, he began to show me some things. And I began to go into some visions. And so in visions, I I said, God, what is all this? And I kind of came out of it a little bit on the apprehensive side, like, I don't even know what you just showed me. I'm kind of overwhelmed by it. But he showed me realms of darkness and realms of captivity. And I won't even get into trying to describe what I saw, but I know this, that he showed me the realms of captivity. And it's in the region. Come on, it's everywhere. It's all over the planet. But he showed me this, that the presence and the power of God, when it gets on you, when it gets around you, when it gets inside you, and it absolutely possesses you, and we'll talk about this in a minute because I'll give you a few few things to, to, to chew on out of the word. But this grace that God wants to put on you is like this. Say, all right, just say, we'll just look at it like this, real practical. Ready, Josiah? In sports, just say in your high school sports, you're the, you're the fourth running back. You're the fourth guy that gets, you know, the ability to get the ball. But all of a sudden, someone came to you and said, I have this, I have this great thing that I'm going to give to you. I'm just going to give it to you, and it's going to be the ability to run like Ezekiel Elliott. Okay. Anyone know? Anyone doesn't know who Ezekiel Elliott is? Well, he's a come on Dallas Cowboys. It's like blew it up this year. Anyway, I will give you that ability. And you go yes. And you know what would happen? All of a sudden, your whole life would change. And I'm talking about sports, but that could be with anything. It could be just say you're a business person. You're running a business, and you have this you're really low level. You're just not breaking through this, things that aren't happening. And someone comes to you with the solution, said, I'll give you the, I'll give you the ability to, to do what Bill Gates and, and, and Steve Jobs and Donald Trump did in one, one pill. Come on, you guys would take it. I know you would. I would. Take the blue pill. Yes. <laughs> right? This is what I'm talking about, this grace to be. But it's supernatural, and it comes from one place. It comes from heaven. That's why I said blue. There's this ability that the Lord wants to drop on us. There's this very unpredictable. Can I say that? It's a a talent that comes from heaven. It's the ability to help you to do what you're called to do. Now, some of you have come into this place, and you've been hanging around for a while, and you're not in what you're supposed to be doing. And that's okay for a season. But God wants to graduate you 
to do exactly what you've been called to do. And so I saw this whole thing about darkness, and I'm like, God, how do we, I'm looking at this, and you want to free these people. You want to release. And I think I saw the strong man, and I think I saw all kinds of things in the spirit, and I usually don't see, like, it wasn't demons and devils and stuff. It was just darkness, oppression on people. And they were huddled together, and they couldn't get, they couldn't escape because they were hemmed in, and it could have even been the church, Uh uh-oh. Could have even been the church hemmed in and not walking in the ability that they've been given. And so there's people in here right now, come on, myself included, that we've heard. Come on, we read the word. We know what's in the word. And God wants to birth that outside of your life. He wants you to walk in the abilities that Jesus Christ has given you so that you'll see, you'll move, you'll change. Come on, you'll be a a world shaker. To change things. So just go with me. Boy, we're going to go everywhere. No, we'll just go to two places tonight. How's that? Judges chapter 6. And just look at, let's just, I just want to look at the life of Gideon for a minute. Okay? Because the Lord showed me keys right here to understand. Now, if, how many know the story of Gideon? You know, we know the, the 300, you know, he had a 22,000 person army and the Lord said, no, too many. Then he said, no, too many. You got 10,000. That's too many. So what does that tell you? <laughs> it takes just one, really, right? But it, really, the 300 were the ones to just go with a voice and a bright shining lamp. And they freed a nation. So I guess I'm looking for a church of 300, not 22,000. That's a joke. I know. But the Holy Spirit just showed me some things, and I'm not even going to go into that. But the end of the story is really the release that set the captives free. So we see here, we just, I'm just going to kind of burn through the story that Gideon is all of, all of a sudden we see that it says the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. Right, right out the gate. This is how we open up to Gideon. And this was a continual, and, it, and it's a picture of our own lives. It's a continual, not that we do evil in the sight of the Lord, but we go through cycles. Remember the spin cycles I talked about a few weeks ago. We go through cycles where we pull away from God, and then we go back to God. And we pull away from God, and we, and come on, we inherit, inherit, inherently in our lives, we do that. And the Holy Spirit's calling us to stay close. Come on, show me your face, God. Your power and grace. I'll make it to the end if I could just see your face. I just love that song because it talks about the being possessed, being stuck in his gaze. And here's what happened. We watched, the, we watched the children of Israel. They turned, right, from the Lord. And it wasn't because, it was because of government. Come on, they started giving, doing worship to idols and all this other stuff, Right? And so now they're in captivity, not to anything. Well, now they became captive to the Midianites. But the Holy Spirit's showing us something right here because what happened was they went into hiding places. The children of Israel were hiding because the Midianites were everywhere. And everything that they did, that they tried to plant, every fruit that they tried to grow, everything that they tried to do, something to grow or increase or multiply, would be snuffed out by the Midianites. 
And what does the Midianites represent? It represents the power of darkness. It represents the, the things in the world that try and clutter, try to take over God's kingdom growth. And I'm telling you, God, is, listen, this is Old Testament, right? But I'm telling you the biblical principles that show us kingdom in this, that when the Holy Spirit came on Gideon, something happened. And so what happened was they're hiding, right? Now they're hiding in places. They're hiding away. And we find this is how the scene opens up. Gideon's doing what? He's threshing wheat in the wine press. You know, and we criticize him because he's hiding. But the truth was, he, that was the only way they could eat. The truth was, that was the only place he could go to bring substance to his family, to help the family do what they... And the problem was, his father now was an idol worshiper. Uh-oh. And so we go, we, we just go through the story here, and we find out that he has an angelic encounter. Actually, the Lord shows up and begins to speak to him and says, this is what we're going to do. You're going to get some lamb. You're going to put it on pita bread. You're going to put it on a stone, and you're going to leave it there. Cover it with oil and sauce, and we'll check it out. And I'm thinking, the Lord, the Lord knows my menu. And the whole idea was this, that he would come out and he took the rod, this is the Lord, and he touched, it was a sacrifice. And God's looking for us to make a sacrifice, right? And then what happened was he began to speak to Gideon about a plan to get the nation free. And I'm telling you guys, the Lord is speaking clear. Here's what's happening now. If we would just have an ear to hear, if we would just listen to what he says, if we would just listen to the spoken word that the Father gives to you. Come on, a lot of you can see, a lot of you can hear, but you don't open your mouths. I'm shouting. But I'm telling you, this is the thing. Holy Spirit wants us to be loud, wants us to be, come on, aggressive. The kingdom of heaven suffers what? Violence. And the violent take it by force. And I'm talking about being forceful in the kingdom. Yes. Here's what happens. All of a sudden, he has this encounter. The angel of the Lord speaks to him. He's threshing wheat. And now he's, he wants a fleece. <laughs> the Lord gives him his fleece. Does all the things that he's, you know, come on, we all want signs. And then it says this, that the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. It basically says this, the Spirit of the Lord possessed Gideon. Come on, I'll take that possession. But he possessed Gideon, and he blew the trumpet, and it empowered him. Come on. And so what I want you to see here, listen. The glory of the Father is coming to invade you. Come on, every day. Every day, not just once in a while. Every day, he wants to come. He wants to bring his kingdom. He wants to release his kingdom. He wants to do that for you. And I'm telling you, he's given you a plan. He's going to give you plans. He's going to give you revelation. He's going to do it by divine knowledge, by divine wisdom. He'll do it by his way, not your way. Come on, anytime we start thinking we know the way, 
we're going to get ourselves messed up and in a, in, in a situation. And so God is speaking directly to you through this story. Come on. There's a revelation that God's about to release. And he's going to empower you. What? He's going to possess you. The problem is we don't allow him to possess us. Come on. He wants to break all the, everything from our past. It says that Gideon, right, had to go in at night. The Lord's instruction was this. Go put sacrifices to me. Cut down the Asherah poles. Take everything, every false idol. Wipe it out. Come on, God is cleaning house. Why do I say this? Because when I was sitting over there right where Janet was, actually next to her, the Holy Spirit came on me in such a way that there was such a holy presence I couldn't move. I wanted to get up and pray. I wanted to move the meeting along, but I couldn't get up to pray. And I know this, it was just his holy presence. It was like an ominous cloud that came in and almost brought fear into my being. I was, I was like every molecule in my body was like that. And when the Lord gets on me like that, I begin to, I begin to cry. I just begin to weep. Because I don't know what to do. God, I don't know what to do. And then he starts, foo, 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 starts st And then when we're up here, we're up here praying at the end, I thought he was going to take me right out of the building. Because everything started going blue, 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 flash, flash, flash. And I thought I was going to get taken out of here. Not physically, but by the Spirit. How many want that? I want that. If he takes my whole body, go ahead. But take me up. And that's the hunger that we have to have. God, do whatever you need to do. God, show us what you need to show us. But it's all for purpose. It's all good that we have glory meetings. It's all good that the glory dust shows up. It's all good that all these things happen. But I'm telling you right now, he's calling us to set a whole region free. See, this is where God's heart is. His heart is to set the captive free. His heart is that none should perish. His heart is that we would get in line with what he's doing and get our focus off of ourselves. I almost got angry there. But we get our focus so much on ourselves. Me, my, my stuff. I need healing. No, you don't. You need to just go. There's no more time. And I, say, I don't say that. <laughs> All right, can I back up, reel it in? I don't say that in, a, in trying to be unsensitive or not sensitive to anyone who may be struggling. But I'm telling you this right now. God, the Holy Spirit, is coming to possess a people. And when he does that, there'll be radical changes in our perspective and in the way we look at heaven and the way we look at the earth. Because when God comes in, we will look at the earth completely different if he really comes in, I believe. You know, I love renewal. I love renewal. But we can't stay splashing around in the stream and in the rivers. It's, we need it. I'm, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Come on, I'll get people on Facebook getting mad. I'm telling you that people need joy. They need restoration. They need, come on, continual. I need to go to the river every day. But that's, that's where we live from. And what happens is we start to bring, all of a sudden bring meetings, and that's all our focus. And we do that here. Come on, I know I'm, I like it. I like it, and it's good for us, and it helps, come on, bring refreshing, and it helps bring healing, and it helps do a lot of things, but I'm telling you, if we stay there, we're missing it. We miss it. 
We'll completely miss it. And so the Lord wants to drop a strong word on you. Strong. Like strong. Like a word that's going to possess you. Possess you. And then you're not going to wonder how it's going to get done. You're just going to go after it. It's just going to go after it. There'll just be breakthrough. Okay. Now for my next act. Jeremiah 23. So I had this, had this am, amazing time, you know? And then throughout the week, it just wouldn't, it, part, it wouldn't stop. You know, when God comes and waves and he just, I don't want him to stop. I want his, I want his manifest presence. I want him to come strong, and I want him to come all day. When I'm driving home in the truck, while I'm at the job, wherever I am, I want him to just be there and be with me. And so God's coming. He wants to possess you. He wants to possess you. There's just something about standing in his counsel. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the courts of heaven. This kind of overlaps with that. But it's about God releasing your scroll. He wants to release a plan to you. He wants to release a strong word to you. He wants to release something to you of eternal value so that you won't question ever again what you're supposed to be doing. And it all doesn't have to be go out and go to missions. and do, It doesn't have to necessarily be that. But I'm telling you, God will call you to the marketplace to make a difference, to change, to shatter, to break down all the strongholds politically, whatever it looks like. Come on, he's called some of us to go to the churches because, why? Because things need to be broken in the churches. Come on, we're in a rebuilding process right now, right? That's what reformation is. <laughs> God tears down, we'll just destroy everything we got and let's just rebuild it. And come on, if the Lord would build the house, then we labor not in vain, and we see something glorious, a temple that, you know, the, the glory and the presence would just be flowing out of, and we wouldn't have any question as to what our mission is, right? So here it is, Jeremiah 23 and 18 says this, For who has stood in the counsel of the Lord? And who has perceived and heard his word? Who has marked his word and heard it? I don't know, that seems pretty intense. I'll just say that from the, from the prophet Jeremiah. It's, it's the Holy Spirit speaking a word to us. Who is perceived? Are you perceiving what God's saying? Are you hearing what God's saying? Listen, what happened with Gideon was that. He had an encounter. He received instruction. He said what? I'm the most insignificant. I'm the smallest. I'm the smallest. I'm the one that can't do it. And he said, no, I'm, I'm going to be with you. Right? And that's where we always go. No, I can't do it. No, call someone else. No, it, it must have been someone else's address you were supposed to be at because it's not mine. Because that's where, it, you know, Gideon was like, oh, mighty man of valor. He's like, what? <laughs> you talking to me? But I'm telling you, he's called you as a woman and a man of valor. 
I'm telling you, if we understood and knew who we were, that we were called sons of righteousness, that we were called daughters of righteousness, that you are fulfilled in every good work. Come on, God has given you and he filled you and he's given you every ability to do what he's called you to do. So who stood in his counsel? Who's perceived and heard his word? Who's marked down? Marked down. Marked down. Who's wrote, written it down? Who's taken note of what he said? Because what we do is we get revelation and we blah, 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 we blab it everywhere. And then we forget what we said. And then we go back and we don't remember. Some of you are good. Some of you are way better than me about writing stuff down. But the whole, listen, God's wanting you to write it down. Mark it down. Why? Because he says what? When you write the word, you run with it. You run with it. You run with the vision when you write it down. And so God's calling a, a people to run, write it down, run with it, right? And he says, behold, a whirlwind of the Lord has gone with fury, a violent wind. Come on, come on where are you going with this? <laughs> come on, laugh. You guys are way, I know I'm yelling. I know I'm shouting a little. What is happening? When the Lord brings justice, he's coming in a whirlwind. When the Lord begins to shake things, and we are in that place of shaking. God is shaking. If you haven't figured it out, we have a prophetic message tonight. God is shaking things, and it's not going to look the same as it looked yesterday. I promise you, and I've said that before, but when the whirlwind comes, things begin to shake, things begin to move, those things that aren't tied down that you don't need anyway, they begin to fly away, and they get sucked up, and heaven takes them, thank God. Right? And so we begin to just watch what the Lord's doing. He says, it's, it's with violent, it was will, I, it will violent, it will fall violently on the wicked, right? The wicked, it's going to be a mess. But then it says this, and the anger of the Lord will not turn back. We're talking about the anger of the Lord tonight. What is going on in this place? I'm telling you, the fear of the Lord, it's the beginning of wisdom. And that's not talking about a father that's going to slap you or backhand you or do anything abusive to you. I'm talking about a father that is about to shake the earth so that we can walk in true government of God. I'm telling you, his life, he didn't come and, and come to the cross and die and spill his blood so that we could kind of maybe almost make it. Okay? So it says, the anger of the Lord will not turn back until he's executed and performed his thoughts in his heart. I love that. He's not stopping. He is violently jealous for his people and his plan on the earth. Can I, that's what this is. He's violently jealous, and he will see to it that it all comes to pass. And what he's looking for is a people that'll say, God, I'll do it. I'll be possessed by what you're possessed by. I'll be possessed by the call of heaven on my life because you have dropped it down from heaven. And I'm telling you, I'm asking the Lord to bring the whirlwind right around me. Come on, bring it, God. Bring me up in it. I'll, I'll, I'll go to the court. I'll go to the places you call. But please just do it like that. He wants to bring guides for you to show you. So it says, until he has executed and performed the thoughts of his heart, in the latter days, you'll understand it perfectly. What was he saying? He's saying, right now, you're not going to understand it. 
when I'm doing this shaking, you're not going to understand it. It's all going to be us going, why, God? Why? Why are you doing it like this? Because the whirlwind came and removed whatever had to get out. He pulled it. It's the goodness of God. Come on. That pushes people to repentance. You know that, right? I'm, I'm getting like, you guys are, I, I hear things going on in the spirit. Holy Spirit is good. God's whirlwind is violent and will do some things in the earth, okay? We may not even like it. The church probably won't like what it looks like, okay? I'm just telling you now, so just get ready because that's probably how it's going to go. So I want to perceive what God perceives. I want to understand what he does before he does it. That's where we ask, spirit of wisdom, come and invade our church. Spirit of wisdom, come and invade my house. Spirit of knowledge, come and invade my life so that I don't guess that I'm not around. I don't have a curve with the Holy Ghost. Come on, that you're walking by the Spirit and things of the Spirit you have complete understanding to. Do you believe that? I'm talking about things of the Spirit that you can have complete understanding of the things that God's about to do. Okay, I won't go any further. Uh, maybe I will. See, because we have a lot of people that are prophesying, that are releasing things that may not be God. It may not be God. Are you hearing me? There are a lot of people that have got a bigger platform than me that are probably saying things, and this is not criticism against any one specific person. I don't even have a person in mind, okay? I'm just saying, there are things that are going on in the body of Christ, and you can see it around, that is not God, and they're speaking words that are not from God. And what is, what is I'm telling you, Jeremiah has had all to say about this, right? He says, if I, I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied but they have not stood in my counsel. And they have caused, and had they caused my people to hear my words, they would have turned from them and their evil ways, right? All of a sudden, we've got this epidemic in America, right? We are, listen, thank God, all right, for a lot of things that are happening. The administration changed, all these things, right? I'm not gonna get into politics, but I'm telling you right now that there's been a shift and there's been a spiritual shift, and there's been an open window and an open door. And so if we take that as an opportunity, because honestly, the, come on, the, America was going down this slippery slope. I don't know. You don't really need to be real discerning to understand that. If you're a Christian and you don't understand that, you come here, we'll pray for you. <laughs> but I'm, I just feel like this, that the Holy Spirit has given us an opportunity, and it's not because of any administration at this point. It's because we've got an open door. And so God says this. He says, they would have changed their ways if they had the real word. So how much of America has actually changed in the past 16 years, right, or whatever, because of the words that have been released? If we had a bunch of burning evangelists and burning pastors that weren't considered about politics or pleasing people, Okay, now I'm really going over the line. Something would be changed. And the Holy Spirit is wanting us, wanting you, wanting me to move in a realm that there's no compromise, that there's nothing that's holding you back. This is about being on the straight line tonight, I'm telling you. And God wants to shake everything that's not on that line. 
Because there is a plumb line that's being dropped from heaven, and I've seen it in the spirit before, that there's a plumb line. What actually is being built on what God has built? And how are you building? And if we build well, and if we build with him, then the thing will stand forever. But I'm telling you, there could be tomorrow where a certain face that you've known that's a household name in Christianity, if he disappears, what happens to the 30,000 people that are in his church? I'm just, I'm just being honest. And I'm not, a, I'm not against celebrities. You know, I, Christian celebrities, it's all good. I, it's all good. But my point is this, where, what are we building? And God's called us to pull people out of darkness. I believe we're called to coach people up and disciple people. I believe in all that. But I know that we're called with one directive, win the lost and disciple them. Okay. Ready? Verse 23. Am I a God near at hand, says the Lord, and not a God far off? <laughs> he says, can anyone hide himself in secret places so that, I not sh not, so that I shall not see him, says the Lord? Do I not fill the heavens and the earth, says the Lord? Listen, perfect picture of the kingdom. The Lord, is, the Lord wants to expand his kingdom. My message tonight is this, that every place that we're held captive, you need to let loose. The plumb line's down. God wants us free. God doesn't want one thing hindering himself. Back to the first verse I started with. And of his fullness we have all received. Jesus Christ, God, came, spilled his blood, totally reconciled us by the cross, totally filled us with his awesome, amazing, absolutely incredible Holy Spirit. And he doesn't want one thing to hinder the rest of your life. Everyone in here has been given the key to salvation. Most of you have probably been filled with the Holy Spirit, if not all, and if you haven't, you should get filled tonight. But the reality is this, that God's wanting to pull us further ahead than we think. He doesn't want the words that he's spoken to be afar off anymore. He wants the words to be, that were spoken to bring us right to the line and ready to go in the race. And I'm telling you that God's not causing anything that's happened in the past to hold you back. And don't think you missed it in the past times because we got to turn that noise off too. Because the, whole, the Lord is wanting you to move. Just move. Just move. Here's what I saw. I saw the Lord coming and he wants to release his people. He wants to release. He wants to open everything that's holding us in. Everything that's holding us back. He wants to open. I saw him open it like a corral. And he released the white horse, and that's you and I. As a matter of fact, he hit that thing right in the ass and said, get out of here. I know I'm in church. But he hit it to get it out. And he took off the bit and the bridle. 
Why? So that we go with his movement, that we have the heartbeat of the master, that we walk where he walks, that we can hear what he's saying before he even says it. Come on, you've got the heartbeat of God, that you're walking face to face with him, that you are in such communion with the Father, that there's nothing that holds you back, that you're walking in synchronicity with the Father, and that when he moves his knee, you know where to run, because he's the one riding you. That there's nothing that holds you back from that place. So there's something that the Lord wants to do tonight. He wants to give you an ear to hear. He wants you to just say tonight, God, I'm going for it. I want to be completely possessed by you. That's what I want you to pray tonight. God, I'm completely possessed. That things that have been holding me back, mindsets that have been holding me back, they won't hold me back anymore. That there's nothing that's going to hold me, contain me, keep me in. That it should be a night, another night, a breakthrough. But I'm, I'm, again, we pray for breakthrough, and then we need another breakthrough. When God's just saying, go, run. Don't let anything hold you back. Just run. So stand with me.